Hey, it's Free Talk Live. Welcome to yet another episode where you can take control of the airwaves. You can bring up whatever is on your mind. Our number is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. Joining you in the studio here tonight, it's Ian. And nobody. So, of course, you can bring up whatever you want to discuss. And uh, there's actually some good news out there, nobody. Oh, happy day. Uh, it was actually brought to my attention by Vincent, who is not feeling well. So he hasn't. he's not in tonight. Normally, he would be sitting where I'm sitting. Uh, but he's not here. But he gave me the heads up that in your home state of Michigan, that's where you originally my former from, home state. Right? you currently <laughs> live in New Hampshire and have for many years. But uh, but in Michigan, hundreds of protesters are apparently coming down on the state house, like into the state house. Nice. Yeah, and or the state capitol. Maybe it's called the. I don't know what they call it there, but it's the the mm-hmm. offices where these bureaucrats and politicians spend their time destroying people's lives. The belly of the beast. Yeah, the Capitol building, I guess, is what it's called in Lansing. And this Mm -hmm. is happening basically as we speak, or it was happening as we speak. I don't know if they're continuing to occupy the building after it has closed for the day, but I imagine it's 7 Mm o'clock Eastern time, Michigan being in the Eastern time zone, presumably the uh, state Capitol would close at around 5 or or something Mm -hmm. like that. Uh, Now, was it even open today? That's a good question, because... Well, somehow they got in there, so I'm presuming it was open because it looks like they had uh, there were like state bureaucrats and politicians inside this place. There's a story over at NBC News that has photos taken, uh, shared on social media. One of them by a senator, Dana Polhanke, and it appears that she is in the state house looking upwards at a gallery, maybe area or some sort mm-hmm. of area where men with guns. Uh, men with rifles. The the quote from her her Twitter at at Sen Polhanke, directly above me. Men with rifles yelling at us. Some of my colleagues who own bulletproof vests are wearing them. I have never appreciated our sergeants at arms more than today. Mm-hmm. So she's apparently she's they didn't do her much good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Maybe they thought they were preventing those those people from firing their rifles through sheer force of personality. Maybe so. <laughs> uh, but here's the story from NBC. Hundreds of people protested outside the Michigan Capitol building in Lansing today, with some pushing inside while the legislature was debating an extension of Governor Gretchen Whitmer's state of emergency in response to the coronavirus pandemic. Hmm. Protesters held signs, waved American flags, and even carried firearms, while some chanted, let us in, and this is the people's house, you cannot lock us out. Others tried to get onto the house floor. That's an awkward chant. It's a a bit of a long one. (laughs) Uh, Others tried to get onto the house floor, but were blocked by state police and sergeants at arms, according to the NBC affiliate WDIV in Detroit. A state police spokesperson told NBC News that it is legal in Michigan to carry firearms as long as it's done with lawful intent and the weapon is visible. Mm-hmm. So that's unusual. I mean, uh, apparently New Hampshire is not the only state where you can legally carry guns openly into the state house. Well, I grew up in Michigan, and there was there was ne- it was never illegal technically to open carry a gun mm-hmm. in Michigan, but unless you were way out in the sticks. Um, God help you if you actually did it. Um, well, apparently no one has been shot yet in this particular well, incident. Well, things so. have changed, I think, with respect to open carry 
uh, in a lot of states. But that was when I was growing up, nobody open carried. And it was pretty well understood that if you did, you were probably going to get shot by police. Hmm. Um, But that has obviously changed. Yeah. Well, of course, when there's a when there are hundreds of men with guns versus Mm -hmm. maybe 15 to 20. I don't know. There's not that many guys that are on the the police side by comparison. They don't have enough cops on duty uh, to to deal with this. There's a really excellent photograph uh, on one of these stories where it's inside the state Mm -hmm. capitol building. You've got maybe two or three, no more than that, cops. They appear to be guarding some sort of a doorway, presumably the governor's office or some other political, you know, Mm office and there's like a guy shouting into one of these cops of course the cops have the uh, the face masks on and no one mm-hmm. in the crowd has face masks on and these guys are just shouting at the police like no more than a foot two feet away from the cop's face mm-hmm. and the cop can't do anything about it he's not doing anything about it because he's yeah. outnumbered well that's the thing that people forget when they when they think they think oh we could never defeat the government they're so much better armed than we are but the thing is there's about a million and a half uh people uh between our entire military and every cop Mm -hmm. in the united states it comes to about a million and a half people there's 300 million americans so that's 200 americans for every cop and every soldier Mm -hmm. and of course to bring every soldier to bear they'd have to end all the wars and bring them home right because most of them are um, overseas which would be a huge loss for them anyway because the people want the wars over but the bureaucrats live for it yeah um so they uh so you know we've got a lot more power than we give ourselves credit for when we occasionally develop the courage to use it yep absolutely true so kudos to these guys uh, and gals out there in michigan uh i hope that a lot of people see this and that they're energized by it and mm-hmm. that they get out to do whatever kind of thing they're doing i know here in new hampshire we're going to be back at the state house this saturday yeah uh noon to two at the state house in concord new hampshire if you're in new england and you want to stand up for freedom then that's going to be the place to do it and given the what i would say was at least 400 people turned out two weeks ago mm-hmm. i'm thinking the momentum's going to build I, i'm going to predict a larger i mean i don't like to make predictions but i, I think it could be bigger this time nobody i hope so it was last time and it was big last time last time was the largest uh, protests, I think, that I've ever attended at the State House. I mean, I've been to a bunch there, and th- this topped, I would say it topped the biggest 420 that we had there. Wow. Maybe, you know, because I think we had at least a couple hundred attend, or mm-hmm. two or maybe 300 tops at, at the biggest 420 within the last decade, but this was mm-hmm. even bigger than that. Yeah, it was. So uh, Michigan United for Liberty organized this protest that happens, is again, happening now. Uh, dubbed the American Patriot Rally to call for the reopening of businesses. State lawmakers mm. are expected to vote on the 28-day extension of the state of emergency before it expires at midnight. So maybe but before the end of this show, we'll get an update and mm. see uh, how they voted on this. Whitmer, a Democrat who's faced fierce backlash for her strict stay-at-home mandate, extended the order earlier this month until May 15th. But she eased some of the restrictions on public activities as the state's coronavirus cases stabilize. Michigan, however, still has more than 40,000 cases, and they say it's one of the hardest hit states. The emergency declaration allows Whitmer to use her emergency powers to use executive orders during a crisis. Its extension is separate from the extension of the stay-at-home order. So just to be clear, she's extended the emergency powers until May 15th. 
but the stay-at-home order was slated to expire today, mm-hmm. and that's what they are voting on possibly extending, wow. as I understand it. So 40,000 cases. Um, yeah, that's what they say. So 1% of that would be 400. Uh, so that would be like 200 dead, probably. Um, if it's... Ha- if If... You know, maybe, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's bad, but that's not the end of the world. Nope. It's definitely not the, uh, the end of the world. They're apparently, according to the story, they were actually taking temperatures of the protesters coming through the front doors of the state Capitol <clears throat> building. So the police took temperatures of those entering the building Rectally? using forehead thermometers, <laughs> according oh, to good. WOOD out of Grand Rapids. Rapids, Like the Operation Gridlock demonstration April 15th over Whitmer's stay-at-home order, many demonstrators appear to be supporters of President Donald Trump, donning Make America Great Again campaign hats, and in one instance putting on a dance routine with two girls wearing masks that appeared to be of Trump and former President Barack Obama. So, once again, the Trumpers coming out in fairly large numbers. We saw this here in New Hampshire at the Mm -hmm. event two weeks ago. Uh, If you want to weigh in, you're welcome to join us here. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. So, on one hand, these people understand that their their freedoms are being restricted very significantly. They're protesting rightfully against that. But on the other hand, they seem to think that Trump cares and that Trump Mm -hmm. is somehow on their side, which I don't see that. Yeah. I don't get it. Um, Well, I mean... It's probably not as bad as Hillary, but... Yeah, more coming up here in moments. 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. This is Free Talk Live. Yep, it's Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything that you want here, the toll-free number. It's 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. We have the Discord call-in line rooms. They're over at discord.lrn.fm. Free Talk Live is brought to you by Bitcoin.com. Great time to go and learn about Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash, uh, cryptocurrency. The Bitcoin halving is coming up soon, like within the next, I think, two weeks just about. Sometime Mm. mid-May, the original Bitcoin, BTC, is going to be cutting down its rate of of mining generation, or whatever you want to call it, The, the rate that the Bitcoins are released uh, from the mining process will be cut in half from, I believe, what, 12 and a half is what it is right now, and it will become 6.25 uh, per 10 minutes is what the, the new rate will be. Now, some people are saying that that is going to push the price of Bitcoin up, and of course, the price of Bitcoin has trended upward over the last 11 years that it's been around, um, so I mean, it's not a... Uh, it's not going out on a limb to suggest that Bitcoin's price is likely going to go up over time. And, uh, of course, some would say that, it, that part of the reason for that is because the uh, the rate that they are generated come is, is less. It will be half of what it is currently within the next few weeks. So that's a big deal. It's only happened uh, at this point twice in the history of Bitcoin's existence. So this will be the third Bitcoin halving. Hmm. Remember, Bitcoin started at 50 Bitcoin per 10 minutes, then went to 25, and mm. is now at 12 and a half. So this month, it will go to 6.25. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so we will, of course, if you want to learn more about Bitcoin and uh, cryptocurrency in general, go to Bitcoin.com. It's a great place to get started. If you've got more time on your hands, then now's the best time for you to go and learn about it. It is not too late. 
You know, it may be that in five or ten years we're looking back and saying, boy, remember uh, remember when it was only $9,000 per Bitcoin? Hmm. You know, and we might be, maybe it'll be $900,000 by that time. I don't know. Anything's possible. It, it could happen. So check it out at Bitcoin.com. Let's go to your phone calls and thoughts. Scott is on the line in Miami. Uh, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Good evening, uh, gentlemen. Uh, how are you? I, I know Ian. Uh, I, I know your voice. I didn't catch the other uh, person's uh, name. Uh, nobody. Thank you for taking my call. His name is nobody. And you uh, are Scott the Bigot. Yes. Do you know oh, what happened that on guy. This yeah, he's back after however ago? many years. Go ahead. Do you, know, do, you, do you know what happened on this day 75 years ago? Do you know? Uh, I'm During sure you're going to tell me. What was it? On, the, on this day 75 years ago, Adolf Hitler committed suicide in his bunker. And his mistress, Eva Braun, of one day took a cyanide pill, uh, and they committed suicide. But the point that I'm making... Best thing he ever did. (laughs) Yeah. 75 years later, 75 years later, uh, the world uh, would have been totally different. Uh, I'm surprised that no one even on the news fraud, nobody mentioned it or whatever. Uh, Why would anyone on the news mention that? Hmm. It's not something that anyone wants to remember. It's absolutely historic. It's historic. I know because Americans are stupid. They don't even know what happened a year ago, let alone uh, three quarters of a century ago. But that was there's all a, kinds a of thugs time. that have died over the myriad of years. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you if you go all the way back to Caligula, there probably isn't a day when a tyrant didn't die. Um, so why should be we we be concerned with this particular tyrant? Because he uh, he more than anyone else. Uh, uh, Changed, uh, changed the world. Uh, uh, people, people can uh, uh, say derogatory things, which is nine out of ten times. But uh, what did he do uh, to change yeah. the world? I mean, besides eradicating I mean, he humans, killed from a it. bunch of people. But there have been well, a lot what, of people what, who have he, killed people. I mean, Genghis Khan certainly. Uh, had oh, a lot Genghis to do with Khan it. killed a lot more than Hitler. Stalin killed a lot more right, than Hitler. Right. Stalin doesn't I'm really get the credit for all the blood he spilled. I'm glad you mentioned Stalin. Stalin killed a lot more people than Hitler. The reason why you don't you don't hear that is because yeah, that's because he he'd stayed in power long enough. He wasn't stupid enough to yeah. try to open a two front war. No, that's true. That's true. But Stalin killed 20 million of his own people. And what people don't realize is that the Bolshevik Revolution that overthrew the Tsar in uh, November of 1917, the Bolsheviks were predominantly Jews. They overthrew Tsarist Russia in 1917. Mm. And getting back to Hitler, what he was trying to do is he was trying to save the world from basically uh, Jewish Bolshevism. He was trying I don't even to know what that means. What does that mean? Save it from what? Jewish Bolshevism is another term for communism. You never heard of, you never heard of Bolshevism. I know what Bolshevism is. It's communism. But uh, yes, there's right. no particular affinity of, of Jews for communism i mean sure marx was a jew but so was ludwig von mises so was milton friedman right um wasn't rothbard jewish huh rothbard wasn't he rothbard was jewish so yeah yeah, those are three of the greatest capitalist economists of of all time um so you know sure communism is stupid but it has nothing to do with judaism there's no there's no real effect the Jews founded the Karl Marx, as you said a moment ago, Das Kapital. He was the founder. Of, okay, of, of, but you of can't communism. just say, and Scott. You can't say the Jews founded and then cite one guy. Okay, yeah. you no, can't no, do you don't that. Understand. In, in 1917, 
the Bolsheviks, the vast majority of them, were Jews. It's a known fact. They overthrew the czarist regime in 1917. That's not an opinion. That's a fact. So communism is absolutely, positively a Jewish invention. It's a Jewish device. The Jews invented it, and what Hitler did was he tried to save the world from communism. Why would you say that Hitler was trying to save the world from communism when his own party were the National Socialists? Yeah, he was a socialist. No, that's just a euphemism, socialism. No, it's not a euphemism. Basically, in in fascist countries, they did their socialism a little bit differently. uh, Basically, they had an unholy alliance between big business, big labor, and uh, big government that... um, that pretty much ganged up and screwed everybody else in the country because they had the power, and that's what happens when the government has power over uh, over the economy. So, you know, Hitler uh, did provide a huge welfare state, mostly with wealth that he stole from from the Jews that he was killing and the other people he killed in the Holocaust. Um, what so. Yeah, it, it's. I'm not impressed. You know, it, I think it's good Hitler to sell was, all you have and give it to your to, to the poor, but don't jack your neighbor's stuff and give that to the poor. Yeah, I'm not really sure exactly what you're going to try to tell me the difference is between national socialists and communists. Can you clear clarify that you. for me? Yeah, let's hear. Yes, yeah. communism is when they nationalize all of the uh, all of the businesses, the steel mines, the coal mines, everything. Uh, well, socialists yeah. do that too. Uh, Adolf Hitler founded Volkswagen. Volkswagen (laughs) means people's car. (laughs) Yes, it is. He wrote, you know how he did that? He he wrote the design of a Volkswagen on a napkin. Okay, I don't care. I don't care about that. But anyway, national socialism... You didn't answer the question. Go ahead. Yeah, if you let me... National socialism uh, is also nationalized as business, but it's more more business-friendly. What a load of crap. Thanks for the call. I'm okay, I don't care if the biz, if if the socialism <laughs> is business friendly. The socialism we got in this country is pretty business friendly. They bailed out the uh, the uh, bankers to the yeah. tune of trillions and uh, the people to the tune of one and a third million. But it doesn't matter if the government's controlling the economy. I lose. Eight fifty five four fifty free like freedom. That's eight five five four five zero three seven three three. You can bring up what you want on free talk. Bitcoin.com has launched a trading platform at local.bitcoin.com, allowing you to buy or sell Bitcoin cash via dozens of payment methods like PayPal, Venmo, bank deposit, remittances, or meeting in person with cash. There are no ID requirements to sign up for and use the site, and all communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. Finally, a global trading platform that respects your privacy. Visit local.bitcoin.com to get started trading Bitcoin cash. Local.bitcoin.com It's Free Talk Live. You bring up anything you want here. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. We have the Discord call-in line rooms over at discord.lrn.fm. That's where you can jump in and sound almost like you're sitting here in the studio with us. And tonight it's Ian. And nobody. Also, the Next Generation Wallet is coming from Divi. In just a few taps, you'll be able to spend, earn, store, and exchange digital money in seconds. 
Divi says you'll be able to send money around the globe in only a swipe and instantly exchange between Divi, Bitcoin, and fiat currencies like the dollar right in the mobile app and withdraw directly to your bank account. There's no need to wait, though, as Divi already offers the first one-tap solution for earning passive income with their multi-tiered masternodes, allowing anyone to earn by supporting the Divi network. When the new Divi wallet launches because of Divi's relationship with Western Union, Divi will be in 200 countries, including the United States. You can learn more at DiviProject.org, D-I-V-I Project. Dot org. As we continue with uh, more of your calls and thoughts, welcome. Of course, you can bring up anything you want. We were talking about some of the good news. There's a little bit of good news out there, and I've got more. Actually, some uh, some an update about the, uh, the the lady that runs the salon that we talked about in uh, Dallas. She's making a stand against the Texas government, and it's pretty inspiring. So we'll get to that coming up here. But back to Michigan for just a moment. Where at the state capitol building, what is described by the mainstream media as hundreds of protesters uh, stormed the building, protesting uh, many of them outside, but a number of them went inside. And and I mean more than like a handful. It looked like dozens uh, of people had gone inside the state house, many of whom were openly carrying guns and the the police had to like block access to certain parts of the the capitol building they got upset when we went through their building and we were just open carrying weed yeah you're talking about years ago with the uh, the 420s where oh, we, yeah. we sang uh the shire choir carols inside yep. the uh, the state house which was a lot of fun drug war cops are raiding their school great songs <laughs> So there's another update here. This one from Breitbart, as posted in our Discord server. Thanks to High Guy for posting this in there. Uh, the Michigan House of Representatives has declined to extend Governor Gretchen yes. Whitmer's state of emergency another 28 days, and instead yep. voted today to sue her. Whitmer's initial state of emergency order, which is separate from the stay-at-home order, expires today. Okay, so maybe I had it backwards when we talked about it in the first segment. So apparently this emergency order expires today and requires legislative action to be lengthened. Negotiations on that front fell apart on Wednesday when Whitmer refused to make any concessions on the matter, asserting she has the ultimate control over emergencies. So the House voted to authorize their speaker, Lee Chatfield, to sue the governor, saying that Whitmer's unchecked and undemocratic approach is not the best way. Quote, the current status quo relies on one-size-fits-all edicts that unfairly punish millions of people across the state without giving them any resource or rather recourse or voice in the process, he said. Well, guys, as a former Michigan resident, you, y'all have been screwing the pooch for the last century. <laughs> so why don't you just give it up? Go home. You're drunk, Michigan State government. Uh, wouldn't that go be home. nice? Unfortunately, uh, they, you know, they're not going to be convinced to just let go of power like that. I no. wish we could. But. No, they will. I I believe they will. When they finally lose their power, they will go out in an orgy of violence. Quote, the people deserve a better solution and we can provide it, he says. The House also and I. Consider me skeptical uh, about that. No, when when I say that, I'm not saying 
us attacking them. I'm saying that they will they will keep killing people until it becomes absolutely clear to them that they cannot maintain their power no matter how many people they kill. Well, I was referring to the uh, the claim here from the House Speaker who's saying the the people deserve a better solution and we can provide it. So once again, it's coming down to politics between the republicans and the democrats and this is yeah. uh, this whole thing is a political football mm-hmm. and they go, oh no the protesters we're on your side we're here for you we're gonna help mm-hmm. we're gonna step in and we're gonna put this governor in her place but ultimately all they're doing is just filing a lawsuit so they're it's all just the system playing with itself basically yeah, well, I mean, it's good that some people are on the side of the of of the people, but it shouldn't have to go through all this voting. the The mayor, or I'm sorry, the governor gave an illegal, immoral, unconscionable order, and they're still obeying her. You yeah. know, and that every single person who's out there physically enforcing this tyranny is responsible for it and bears responsibility for it. So here's the question. What's going to happen? What will these protesters do next if this lawsuit goes ahead and the, you know, the uh, the court comes back and says, oh, the governor was completely within her so-called authority to issue these orders? Case dismissed. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean... At what I would be doing if I had that many people behind me would be talking about convening a citizen's grand jury mm. and basically indicting the governor and and bikes and and every state and employee who's yeah. out there enforcing things. State police. Yeah. Um, yeah and and pretty much like I'm not going to blame some cook in a government uh government cafeteria right. you know this this is above their pay grade but if if you're in the direct chain of command somewhere between the chief executive and the jackboot on the street who's actually doing the violence then you know you should be indicted you should be drummed out of office the the republicans and democrats have cooperated to pretty much get a lock on power to the point where they both put up monsters and one of the monsters wins yeah and And that's that's, democracy has been dead for decades here yeah and that's the sad part about this is you know, all this political wrangling is just simply designed to get mm-hmm. people to believe that the, the system still works. Mm-hmm. See, our guys are in there well, and they're bringing a lawsuit and they're going to go get that governor. Politicians are good for one thing. If you watch what they're doing, you can tell which way the wind is blowing. Mm-hmm. And and so the fact that they do this um, says to me that a lot of people are starting to wake up because if it wasn't politically expedient, they wouldn't, they wouldn't be doing it. True. And of course, you know, if you can get 400 out in the street, you've got 4 million angry. Maybe so. Let's talk to Jimmy. He's in Eagle Rock, Missouri, listening online via TuneIn. Go ahead, Jimmy. Yeah, um, I'd like to talk about a, a way you can get uh, Bitcoin or really any cryptocurrency you want. Uh, for free. Huh? Um, okay, yeah, let's hear that. <laughs> well, basically, there is uh, this app <laughs> called Sech, S-E-T-C-H, 
and uh, basically you scan receipts and uh, you accumulate points from scanning receipts like a grocery store and convenience store receipts. Hmm. And um, you build up these points, and it costs about 52,000 points, hmm. which you get those points pretty quick. I wonder um, if they're selling uh, the receipts to uh, businessmen to use as tax deductions. Yeah, I was going to say, why would they be paying? First of all, how you said 52,000 points. How do you get 52,000 mm-hmm. points, and what does that get you as far as cryptocurrency? This sounds like a, well, like a spam. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's legitimate. It's uh, The 52,000 points, um, with the points you buy, you can purchase things on, on their, like, uh, a Visa or MasterCard, you can get a $50 Visa or MasterCard for 52,000 points. Um, so by you, and what by is the point? That, what is the uh, what is the point equivalent to? Uh, the 1,000 points is uh, equivalent to one dollar, pretty much. But uh, for every receipt, you you're going to get. Hold on, let me see points. if I got you here. You're saying you're going to get a thousand points for a dollar on a receipt. And these people will give you a $50 card if you have 50,000 points. This sounds way too good to be true. I do want to hear you try to you know, tell us more about it. The sound kind of pathetic, though. It's, I mean, it's, it's... I'm not sure why anyone would pay you just for a receipt. Penny. I mean... It's Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want here. Just dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. And when something sounds like it's too good to be true, well, there's a good chance that it is too good to be true. But a counterexample is I hear purse.io is bad. <laughs> it's true. Purse really was uh, sounded too good to be true, but it was one of the yeah. few things that uh, that actually was true, and it was true for several years. And then we saw the notice what a couple of weeks ago that they were going to go out of business in mm-hmm. early June, and then they changed their minds after a major outpouring of support. And it's not clear exactly who came to the rescue mm-hmm. or whatever, uh, but apparently Purse.io has canceled the the shutdown, and they're moving forward. So I'm glad to really hear that about yeah. Purse. Well, I mean, one thing that was going on was uh, was Bitcoin had fallen from ten thousand to to four thousand in about the mm-hmm. same time frame that they were uh, they were uh, that that was happening. So no, no, it wasn't. It was um, no, it was probably around seven or eight thousand when they made that announcement. Oh, okay. But what okay. happened, What I think what really did them in was You know, the it's back Amazon, up to 8,000 now. No, it hit 9,000 9, yesterday. 000. Nice. Um, today it's been at around 87, 8,800. But what I think really the issue was with, with Purse, and by the way, the good good URL to go to is saveatpurse.com. Saveatpurse.com. You can go there and get signed up and start saving big time on your purchases on Amazon. But that was the issue is that... Uh, for instance, I just got a pair of headphones for the studio because every now and then headphones break and it's just easy to order another pair, especially when you can save 15 or 20 percent by buying it through saveitpurse.com. However, when I went to Amazon to go and look at the item, well, they had the item, but they weren't going to ship it for another month at least. So the shipping times on so-called non-essential items went from standard Amazon two-day or next day or whatever shipping to, oh, maybe we'll get it to you in like a month or two. And mm. so when, you know, the saveitpurse.com site, the way it works is 
somebody is wanting to buy your Bitcoin or your Bitcoin cash from you. And what mm. they do is they buy you the item that you want on Amazon. They pay the full mm. price on Amazon, but you get whatever percentage discount you've set. So let's say 20% off. You said, I want this pair of headphones at 20% off. Well, somebody pays 20% on top of the cost of Bitcoin, whatever a normal mm. the market price of Bitcoin is. They pay 20% on top of that uh, in order to get you the item, essentially. And, mm. uh, and then you get the thing you want. But you got it at 20% off. They mm. paid 20% more because they want the Bitcoin that badly. And they want the anonymity or whatever that mm. badly that they're willing to pay that much extra. But they got to get the mm. Bitcoin quickly. So a lot of these people will ship you things next day. I've had things done with Sunday delivery before. Mm. Like somebody paid extra just so it would come one day sooner rather than coming on Monday. They wanted the product mm. to get there on Sunday because they only get paid when the product that you want arrives in your hands, and then you go to the site, saveitburst.com, and you release the escrow. So there's a timetable that's very important to these people that want to get the Bitcoin. Well, if they go on to order the item you want, and it and Amazon says, well, we're not going to send this for another three months, or however long it is, six weeks, then they're just going to be like, well, I'm not buying it. And so therefore, that's, I think, what killed uh, saveitburst.com. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because they only do Amazon. There was one time where they, t- they talked early on about maybe adding like an eBay ac- um, mm-hmm. aspect to the site where it wouldn't just be solely Amazon that they, they operated with. Because there's no reason it has to just be Amazon. It's just no. they built a system that makes it easy to ingest Amazon wish lists and things like that. So they use Amazon. Um, so maybe we will see some new developments coming from saveitpurse.com. I don't mm-hmm. know where they're going to go from here. But as of right now, unless you're ordering essential items... They're not coming in anytime soon, so-called essential items from, from mm. Amazon. Well, I mean, for those of us who exist more or less in the crypto economy, um, you know, any way, basically the, our import and export is, is paid for when we, do, when we uh, occasionally change things to dollars or, or something else. So it's uh, Let's bring Jimmy back important. on the line here. We can talk more about that in a moment. But he was telling us about an app that I have never heard of before, and I actually just looked it up, Jimmy, and maybe I, maybe I wrote it down wrong when you were uh, describing it a moment ago. You were saying people are taking pictures, and it sounds like you've done this, taking pictures of receipts, sending them into this app, and then somehow getting gift cards uh, for the for photos of receipts. You said the How many receipts does it take to make 50 bucks on a, uh, on a, on a gift card? I've entered in five receipts and got over fifteen hundred points. So it, it does take a while. And how many points uh, does it take so to get a gift card? Fifty-two thousand points. Okay, and and the uh, the five receipts that you put in, what was the total dollar value on those receipts? Um, probably probably close to a hundred dollars. Okay, hundred or so. So, but you know, and the app was called. Kind of a, you said it was called S E T H. S E is in Eric. Mm-hmm. S is in Sam. S E. Well, unless they're doing something, uh, something that's nefarious with those credit cards, there's no reason for it to be that valuable to them. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Um, 
What's the app called again, Jimmy? I didn't get get that from you real clear. Fetch, so, like you play fetch with a dog. Oh, you know, fetch. That's, okay, that's, I wrote down S's yeah. in Sam, so F-E-T-C-H. So what is your speculation yeah. as to how the revenue model is working here with here? Because there's no well, way that if you if you send me a photograph of a receipt, I don't know if that's your receipt. You could have gotten that receipt yeah. anywhere. I mean, it could have come from anybody anywhere. How do I know mm-hmm. that it hasn't been sent into the app before or whatever? Like This just doesn't mm-hmm. make sense to me. What am I missing here? I wonder if well what they uh, what they do for uh, this is they kind of do a little uh, subliminal advertising with uh, saying like they have 283 products that are uh, products where you can get like one percent more in points you know um, and they're all big name brand products Fritos and Doritos and all that but uh, that's basically I'm guessing how they have they actually make money is by uh advertising through uh through products like that hmm. interesting jimmy well so, i mean I, I hope I, it works out for you but now you said bitcoin was somehow involved in this how's that well well it's kind of a roundabout way but basically if you purchase a mastercard or a visa card you could buy bitcoin with that oh well, or sure any, or any other <laughs> yeah okay so it doesn't have anything to do with the app itself they're not doing anything with bitcoin yeah. they're just giving uh, yeah. giving out gift cards and then you're selling it's, gift cards it's kind for of bitcoin. an idea yeah, and that, that that is a way to get bitcoins. I mean, there are uh, websites like local bitcoins or local dot bitcoin dot com. Uh, these are sites where you can use gift cards in order to exchange those for for bitcoin or bitcoin cash. That does happen. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Though there is a lot of fraud, so I would like to recommend people be very wary if they're getting Mm -hmm. into that. Uh, Thank you, Jimmy, for the call tonight. I definitely appreciate hearing from you. Like, if you're going to buy a a gift card with Bitcoin, Mm -hmm. you have to be real careful that the person hasn't already redeemed the gift card, right? So they Mm -hmm. give you a gift card number and they say, yeah, here's 50 bucks worth on a gift card. And then it turns out when you go to the, you know, Amazon or wherever you punch in the gift card number and they tell you, oh, well, that gift card's already been redeemed. Well, did you already give them the Bitcoin? Because if so, Mm -hmm. they got both the gift card value and they got the Bitcoin from you. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, I wouldn't want to want to buy used gift cards um, with dollars, and I wouldn't want to buy them with with uh, with Bitcoin. What we really need is a network of people around the country who do do what I do, which is, you know, I just, I mean, I I do sell Bitcoin, but you know, you can I sell Bitcoin to people I know, mm-hmm. and that. That to me, I would like to have people in in cities doing that face to face and person to person, because that's really the ultimate in anonymity. And uh, you know, you, if if you're putting away something for your retirement and you don't want the government to know uh, to know you had it, I hope you didn't buy it on Combase. Right, that's you a good know. point. So if you want to join us here, you can. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. Uh, I said I had I had more good news, and mm-hmm. this is uh, not a time where we're seeing a lot of good news, but there is a bright light. Uh, one lady in Dallas, Texas, who we spoke about within the last week. Her name is Shelly Luther. She's the owner of Salon a la Mode, and she is going up against a Texas judge and the Texas gang known as the police, uh, that they're trying to stop this woman from giving people haircuts. 
and other salani sorts of things you would mm. do at a salon. Uh, and she is saying she's not going to stop. She's not going to close her doors. There's a man in a robe who's written an order demanding that she close her doors, and she is going against the judge's order, which is going to put her in contempt of court. Wow. Uh, so, I mean, this lady's got some huevos, unlike I've seen in a long time from a business owner. Well, if she survives this, I hope she'll come to New Hampshire. Wouldn't that be nice? More coming up here, uh, 855-450, free. There's a lot of people that need a haircut here, too. Uh, it's free talk live. Remember when you first heard about Bitcoin? How long did it take you to realize this little project would soon change the world? Do you kind of wish you had gotten involved sooner? Well, now is your chance to be part of the next revolution in money. Intercoin is working to finally make crypto go mainstream. It's designed to be scalable enough to support everyday payments and even elections without the state. Bitcoin was originally supposed to be a peer-to-peer cash system, the way we would all pay one another without having to trust any third party. But instead, over time, it mostly became a store of value. That's because every 10 minutes, the Bitcoin network must put all transactions into a block. And that block can only hold so much. If crypto is to become mainstream, for everyone to use it in everyday payments, we need a new architecture, one that's as secure as Bitcoin while being far more scalable. Check out intercoin.org to find out more and maybe pick up some of those coins for yourself. It's Free Talk Live. We're launching into the second hour of the program. Of course, you're invited to join us here. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. With a little bit of good news for you tonight, the protests in Michigan today with armed people storming the state capitol building, literally inside in dozens of people uh, being uh, standing up against the police, standing up against the state uh, government goons and demanding their freedom mm. to open their businesses because most of most people aren't as brave as this lady in Dallas. They they just yeah. aren't willing to put their own freedom on the line and their mm. own business on the line like uh, Shelley Luther, who, as we reported, I think it was either late last week or early this week, has opened up. It was actually Friday. I remember mm. it was actually I think it was Thursday show last week. We talked about what she was planning on doing, and at that point, she was planning on opening up her salon Mm -hmm. on Friday morning, which she did, and there was video footage of the uh, fire bureaucrats coming out and citing her uh, Mm -hmm. for opening her business, so she was immediately given a citation. There has since been an order from a judge uh, that has come down on her, and she is going to stand strong. She's going to continue running her business, and she's got some things to say about it, and I want to share that with you. It's Ian and nobody in the studio here, but if you want to join us, the toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. Specifically, what I'd like to hear from you, now, of course, you can bring up anything you want, but is there a business owner like this in your area who's not getting attention, who the media is ignoring uh, the story? Is is somebody, has they have they reopened their doors and are people coming into their business and they haven't been shut down? Or maybe they have been targeted and they have gotten attention. I would love to hear more stories about business owners that are like Shelly Luther from Salon a la Mode in the city of Dallas. Because mm-hmm. she's a, she is a hero uh, in this case. Yeah, well, I mean, we... I I feel I've got a uh, a spiritual duty to keep doing what I do, and you know I'm 
I'm glad that I'm not in a state that's that's really enforcing a shutdown because I would probably be in jail instead. Yeah, that's a great point because uh, there have been people who've been arrested. For instance, in Texas, uh, I think it was Laredo, Texas, two women were busted in undercover sting operations. My God, you hear about this how, for doing that's manicures? Like the king is stupid for doing manicures and doing like eyelashes for somebody. The cops wow. responded to their uh, their advertisements on Facebook or whatever other social media it was, set mm-hmm. up an appointment, and then came in and arrested these women when they offered to do the thing that was, you know, they were told they're not allowed to do, which is give people mm-hmm. manicures. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, as a former drug dealer, you know, I'm used to operating in, in the black market, and, and there is some danger to it, you know? If right. you're operating in the, in, the, uh, in the black market, best thing to do is start like a telegram group mm. for, your, uh, for like your town, okay? So that you can get the, news, the word out to people But how that do you avoid snitches being less... in the telegram group? Because um, that's going to happen. Well, if basically, you would have to vet people. It's like it's like selling. Uh, well, you can. Yes, it slows your growth. Yeah, but you don't have to grow explosively. If you want to build a network and a market, you have mm-hmm. to be careful Take who you who you let into it. And if you make it just open to anybody, then it will lose its mm. its usefulness. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you could certainly do some level of vetting. I guess if you have total control over who's coming into the group and it's not a group that mm-hmm. just anybody can add people uh, into, then you may be able to set up some sort of a system to try to keep the snitches yeah. out. But that's what got these women busted is people snitched mm-hmm. them out and then the police mm-hmm. targeted them for undercover sting operations. And the other thing is if you're if you're tracking this sort of thing and if you're serious about operating in the black market, uh, you keep a careful eye on who's a snitch. Who's selling out? Uh, who's selling out their friends? And those but you people, won't necessarily know. Um, well, you can find out. Like one of the things that that I did is I went to trial, and as a result of going to trial, this person had to testify right. against me, and they couldn't and testify I, with a black bag over their head. Uh, no, they were right. not permitted to. Um, and and as a result of which anybody uh, anybody questions whether this person is a snitch, it's like, oh, the video is on YouTube. That's undeniable. Yeah, that's a good and, point. Nobody. You know, professionals don't tolerate snitches. Right. Uh, but you had to do something that was unfortunately an unusual thing, which is go to trial. And yeah. so many people will not do it. They will take the plea mm-hmm. deal. They want the charges to go away. And then the snitch goes completely anonymously into the night and only only to snitch again on yeah. somebody else. Well, you know, one thing that would really help with that would be uh, some sort of mutual aid system for people who uh, for agorists. Um, where basically an agorist is somebody who operates without government permission, basically does business. Uh, yeah, yeah. Somebody who does any business, it doesn't have to be a a basically illegal business. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're in, if you're letting couples have a nice night out during your uh, local quarantine by, by selling them a nice meal in your living room, Mm -hmm. that's agorism. Yep, it is. It has been agorism. It's not just agorism now, but that has always been in most cities and towns illegal.
so let me tell you what this lady had to say because she's inspiring. Uh, she is daring the city of Dallas. This is CBS Dallas Fort Worth reporting and county authorities to arrest her after she opened her North Dallas salon last week despite city county shelter in place orders. Uh, Luther told CBS 11 News defiantly, quote, follow the science. The science is Texas needs to get back to work, unquote. She says she was served another court order this week on top of the $1,000 citation she received last week for refusing to close. But Luther refused to abide by the order, saying that it la- saying later that nothing short of arrest will shut her salon down. Walking out to cheers from a crowd of supporters on Wednesday of the Open Texas movement, Luther was realistic about her situation. She told the reporters, quote, Apparently there's a very good chance that I'm getting arrested today, and I will do everything I can to keep the shop open, because I'm not closing the store. If they arrest me, I have someone that will keep the store open, because it's our right to keep the store open. It's nice. our right for those women to earn income for their families, she said. Uh-huh. Every business is an essential business because somebody's depending on it to put food on the table. Absolutely. And it's insulting to tell people that they are, quote, non-essential. Absolutely. What's non-essential is the government bureaucrats. That was the best line. I love that. Vincent put that uh, clip from from you in his video from uh, two weeks ago where you said, like, the bureaucrats are the only non-essential service and they should shut down or something like that in your speech. It was great. Well, they're the only service that forces you at gunpoint to buy their product. Right. You know, so you know they're you bad. Can, you get pretty lazy when you can just yeah. force people who, to buy your product when you when they don't want it. Exactly. Luther's continued defiance of Dallas County Judge Clay Jenkins' order closing what he deemed non-essential businesses has raised questions about whether or not he's overstepping the, his bounds. Luther said about the judge, "Quote: All I know is he's abusing his power. He's got to be stopped somehow." Unquote. She insists her stylists are making much-needed money for their families and the clients coming in are entering a safe, clean environment. So she's, you know, gone above and beyond, of course. She's got masks and, and uh, social distancing. And she's, she's done all these things to, you know, portray the, the idea that she cares and she's being super safe and all that. But it doesn't matter to these bureaucrats. Mm-hmm. They are going to come down on her like a ton of bricks if they can. And so far, uh, the threats are out there. Now, the question is, has she been arrested yet? This story was from yesterday and i did get an update from eric who is one of our listeners who is in dallas and he's kind of pretty close to the situation apparently she says that local snitches or eric says that local snitches have been calling about her being open the owner uh, shelly ripped up the citation at an open texas rally nice which is awesome and she has raised over twelve thousand dollars to help pay legal bills in this particular case or pay bail if necessary nice i'm i'm gonna be sure to send her a hundred bucks in cryptocurrency oh that'd be sweet too bad you can't get a haircut i'm not saying you need one but uh, i do need oh. one actually <laughs> i'm getting shaggy and yeah. uh and i'm caring more these days i'd like to not be shaggy um but you got a political i don't know where to up. get a haircut hey if you're in new hampshire and you want to cut nobody's hair Nobody can give you trouble for that. I heard that uh, there are underground haircutters operating in Grafton and Manchester. All right. Well, yeah. somebody send one my way. All right. 855-450-FREE is the toll-free line. That's 855-450-3733. Do you know a business owner like this salon owner that's standing up to the government? I want to hear about it.
Free Talk Live. Dial in, toll free, bring whatever you want. Our number is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. We have the Discord call-in line rooms. You may dial in over at discord.lrn.fm. We'll get you on the air and you'll sound almost like you're sitting here in the studio with us. Tonight, it's Ian. Nobody. And I want to make sure that you also know about liberty.menu. You know, for a long time, libertarians have been looking for a great business directory where you could easily find businesses run by other liberty-minded people. And there were a couple of attempts at it over the years, and they weren't that great. But liberty.menu is pretty great. It's a nice-looking site. It works well, and it's free. So you can list the things that you do or the things that you did and you hope to return to do again because there are government goons out there uh, stopping you from doing it. But you can get your listings up right now over at liberty.menu anytime you want to and do it for free. It's exclusively for individuals who reject the initiation of force, however. It's not just for the average person. Uh, It's for uh, people who agree to abide by the ethics of the non-aggression principle. So you have to actually care about freedom in order to join liberty.menu. Use code FTL and you get a special Free Talk Live listener badge. That's liberty.menu. And if if you're running a business in in violation of your state's orders, you know, that would be a good place to to promote it because it is... Um, it is a relatively screened community um, as opposed to Facebook where, you know, there's a lot of cops on Facebook. So there's a situation that's been brewing here. And so we had a lot of good news in the first hour. And now there's we're going to get to the regular crappy news surrounding this uh, coronavirus crackdown nonsense that's going on. There was a story a couple of days ago that Donald Trump was planning to order meat processing plants to remain open now this was published in yeah it was two days By what ago. right well it's not a well well i'm sure they would call it a right but it's the defense production act you familiar with this not not in detail as i understand it this is like one of those wartime acts Mm-hmm. Where, you know, the government can say, you must do this in service of the United States government for the good mm-hmm. of all humanity because we say so. See, you shouldn't give your government powers during wartime that they don't have when it's not wartime because it's very easy for them to just make sure it's always wartime. You can call mm-hmm. anything a war. Yep. Uh, and actually, according to the story here, the Defense Production Act of 1950 was enacted in a response to the start of the Korean War. It was <laughs> part of a broad civil defense and war mobilization effort. Uh, the act has three major sections. The first authorizes the president to require businesses to accept and prioritize contracts for materials deemed necessary for national defense. So you have to accept contracts mm-hmm. from the federal government, according to this. Yeah, see, that's the thing is the federal government is putting things to their least important uses. They're wasting most of it fighting wars and mm-hmm. building armies, you know. We need our wealth to pay for food and housing and clothing and real education, not what you get in the schools. Well, right, and you would need your business in order to create wealth for yourself. Yeah. But he's basically, or the, the government goons are essentially saying they can use this these words written on paper to tell you. What business you have to accept, even mm-hmm. if, according to the story here, this is Wikipedia's summary of the act, irregardless of a loss that has occurred on the business. So the government can not only tell you that you have to accept their contract, 
for whatever product that they want to demand that you make, but that you also have to do it at a loss if necessary. Yeah, well, that's exactly what uh, what they were talking about earlier in, in the show with that's how Hitler operated. Mm-hmm. You know, he would bleed a business dry uh, sometimes, um, just irrationally. And, uh, you know, it's no way to run an economy. No, and it is going to destroy any business that has to produce something at a, at a loss. I mean, that's yeah. just, that's not, that's not the way business works. But government doesn't care about that. No, they don't care about you. No. They don't care about your business. They don't mm-hmm. care about the things that matter to you. They have a bunch of guns, and they're willing to use them. Here's what else the law does. It allows the president to designate materials to be prohibited from hoarding or price gouging, which is, of course, the government arbitrarily mm-hmm. deciding what something is worth. And we've talked a lot about price gouging over the years during certain natural disasters and how people should be free to set prices, whatever they want. And uh, let's see, what's the third point? Oh, that was the first section. Uh, Any person who performs any act prohibited or willfully fails to perform any act required by the Defense Production Act may be charged with a felony that results in a fine of up to $10,000 or imprisonment up to one year or both. The second section authorizes the president to establish mechanisms... To allocate materials. That doesn't sound like the penalties for a felony. That sounds like a misdemeanor. I think he got that wrong. Maybe. It is just Wikipedia. Uh, the second section authorizes the president to establish mechanisms to allocate materials, services, and facilities to promote national defense. And the third, so that's centralized control mm-hmm. of, of an economy. The third section authorizes the president to control the civilian economy so that scarce and critical materials necessary to the national defense effort are available for defense needs. So basically gives them first order of preference on any business and can tell them uh, tell businesses to do whatever it is they want to do. So that brings us to today, where the news was reporting that Trump is planning to order meat processing plants to remain open as the nation confronts growing food supply disruptions from the coronavirus outbreak, said a person familiar with the matter. Trump plans to use the Defense Production Act, which we just described, to order the companies to stay open as critical infrastructure, and the government will provide additional protective gear for employees as well as guidance, according to the person who was saying this. Now, again, this is, I don't know if the order has actually been issued, so this is one of those speculative news articles that's saying this is going to happen. Uh, The order sets the stage for a showdown between America's meat giants, which have been pressing to reopen plants, and some local officials and labor unions Mm. who've called for closures to prevent the virus from spreading. Yeah, and it's interesting to hear the government is doing the wrong thing for, um, I mean, it's the same justification, but... Um, they're they're on the totally opposite side, where these people don't want to work, and the government wants to force them to. Well, and can they force the individuals to work? Now, it's one thing mm-hmm. for them to tell. Uh, I mean, they can do whatever they want, right? But I mean, has it ever come to the point where government, you know, president has ordered some business to operate or to do business with the federal government, and the workers say we don't want to? Mm-hmm. Are they then going to come in and arrest all of the staff members and charge them with felonies? Or is it only the business owner who is liable to obey the government's edicts in this case? Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good question because, you know, traditionally you can't, you can't jail a guy for not wanting to go to work. Well, maybe they can. The question is, mm-hmm. is that going to actually occur? What will yeah. happen in these uh, I mean, they can do any, anything. Right. They've got the guns and the jackboots. Right. They can do a lot, but 
there's only so much you can do to force a person to actually leave their home, you know, put their clothes on, leave their house, drive to work, go and, you know, go into work. There's a lot of steps involved in in getting somebody to go to work who doesn't want to be there. And then you got to force them to what? Be efficient? That's going to be difficult. Yeah, Yeah, I I mean, I'd just be standing there all day chewing people out you know it's like okay i'll get paid for this i'll stand around the office and chew you out i'm I'm packing one you know flat of meat every hour instead of one every minute you know 855-450 free that's 855-450-3733 we'll tell you looking for a great real estate investment consider new hampshire which is ground zero for the liberty movement your first call should be to mark warden from porcupine real estate he's more than just a real estate agent he's your new hampshire concierge where are the best places to live do you want farm city the burbs or forest do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage there are homes in all price ranges in new hampshire and mark can help with financing too invest in liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com It's Free Talk Live. You bring up anything you want. Take control of the airwaves here. Toll-free number is 855-450-FREE like freedom. That's 855-450-3733. And today, large corporations act as middlemen for our everyday online communications and transactions. Often they work hand-in-hand with governments. In the last few years, these centralized social networks have all launched payment networks. Bitcoin and Ethereum have not been scalable enough to compete. The team behind Intercoin spent the last decade creating an open, web-based, decentralized social platform to rival Facebook and Google. Now they can use it to roll out a revolutionary payment platform on top. If decentralized crypto doesn't soon gain mainstream adoption to power everyday payments, it'll be Facebook and WeChat's world, and we'll just live in it. Intercoin is attempting to regain some of our freedoms that are threatened on the internet and in meat space. We think that's important here on Free Talk Live, so important that Free Talk Live accepted $40,000 worth of Intercoin tokens from Intercoin Incorporated for advertising. If you think freedom's important too, check out Intercoin at intercoin.org. You can invest in this project and potentially make big gains or just be involved and perhaps shape its future. That's intercoin.org. Let's go to your phone calls and thoughts. And again, if you have any examples of business owners who are as courageous or even half as courageous as this lady in Dallas uh, who reopened her doors last week at Salon a la Mode in North Dallas and is refusing to close even under the threat from a a robed man, from a man in the the court system who's issued an order against her specifically – and uh, also uh, whatever other department issued her the $1,000 fine. See, what's happened other places in history, I know this happened in England uh, even recently, is a, a band of citizens can, can form a militia and arrest the judge. This happened in England? Uh, yeah. Really? Yeah, there's footage. Uh, it's, it's actually the, the same time the Patriot Awakening was was going on here it was going on in uh in in england as well to some extent they uh that's where the uh a lot of the sovereign citizen comes from so what happened to this judge um i don't know that wasn't in the youtube video (laughs) um does the video actually show the judge getting arrested uh it they're storming the courthouse Wow. Um, I never heard about this. They're not armed. There's just great gangs of them. Amazing. 
Uh, yeah. yeah, well, a large number of people can do a whole lot, as we saw today in Michigan, where the police were completely unable to mm-hmm. do anything about these protesters coming into the state house. Dozens of them armed up big time. Uh, very, very interesting stuff. Let's go to your phone calls and thoughts, though. We got Watch It Burn. He's on our Discord calling lines, calling from Ohio. You're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, I've been I've been listening to you guys this evening and even the past couple of evenings uh, speaking about uh, COVID-19, coronavirus. Honestly, uh, one thing I'd like to comment on briefly, you're talking about the fact that the United States government is trying to make meat manufacturers uh, stay in business for them. And not only Mm -hmm. that, uh, I believe you probably heard about the fact. Directly contrary to the 13th Amendment. Yeah, and I I bet you also heard about uh, how the president ordered GM to start um, making ventilators, uh, even though they probably didn't want to do that. Um, honestly, as a big fan of labor strikes and the like of that, I honestly, if I were GM or any of these meat producers, you know, like Freshmark or Sugardale, I would just say no. I would just say we're not going to do a darn thing for you at all. And make um, them bring them up on uh, criminal charges and throw felonies at them and, you know, see if they'll actually call, essentially try to call their bluff, hopefully. Is that your plan? Well, the thing yeah. is, if there are thousands of people doing a thing, they don't have the lawyer time to charge them all. Well, but That's sh- where the system breaks down. But that's also why they target the, p- the people on top. Just like when the 420s were happening here that you were involved in, mm-hmm. I was involved in, they targeted you because they perceived you to be the person who was in charge and Emperor Evan, who was also perceived to be a, a leader of that particular event. They thought that if they went after the two people they considered to be in charge, mm. that it would stop things. They were wrong because the people who were out there continued to go out there. Yeah. They continued to support you regardless of the legal status that you happen to hold at the moment. Yeah, that's a nice thing about a, about a polycentric um, movement is – you can't just target one guy at, a to- at the top because there isn't a guy at the top. But there is at the Tyson Foods. There is at General Motors. Exactly. And once you concentrate the power, that's that's where everybody looks for victims is where the is where the power is. The yeah. CNN business is reporting on the response here. So we had mentioned earlier that trump was planning now again i don't know if the order has been issued the story is two days old at this point uh, but the story two days ago was that trump was planning on issuing this order to mandate that these meat companies mm-hmm. continue to operate not that they make meat for the government but that they simply continue to do what they were doing before right. under the defense uh whatever the hell it was act meat processing plant workers according to cnn business concerned about trump's executive order that compels plants to remain open during the coronavirus pandemic Meat plant employees are among America's most vulnerable workers, and some say they expect that their staff will refuse to come to work. Uh, Donald, who works at Tyson's Waterloo, Iowa facility, but is only going by his first name because he's obviously worried about being targeted. He says, quote, all I know is this is crazy to me because I can't see all these people going back into work. And I don't think people are going to go back in there. He said that he's currently recovering after himself testing positive for the virus. He said, I'm still trying to recovering from testing positive. What, did he have an anxiety attack? I don't know. I, I mean, a lot of people who have this virus aren't it's actually showing through. symptoms. So that doesn't just because you tested positive doesn't mean you're actually suffering. Go, go ahead. 
I was going to say the swab actually uh, does go pretty deep, so who knows? Um, I'm assuming what they're referring to is he got sick from COVID-19 and is since recovered. That's Um, suggested, but it is CNN, so you can't really believe them. It's just interesting that it was after testing positive for it, not after actually experiencing the disease, which makes me think he was an asymptomatic carrier. Yeah, I would agree with you. Which is more common than people are... Which is more common than people are giving it credit for. Yeah, it's very common. Uh, quote, I'm still trying to figure it out. What's he going to do? Force them to stay open? Force people to go to work? The employee asked. Mm-hmm. CNN spoke to several employees in Tyson meatpacking plants who do not want to be named for fear of losing their jobs. On Tuesday, Trump signed the order. Okay, so he did sign it. Uh, that's uh, That would have been two days ago. And then, according to this... Well, some- I would have to quit and my... Uh- and uh, my my response would be to quote uh, Frederick Douglass, who wrote to his former so-called master and said, when I left you, I took only what belonged to me mm-hmm. and in no way reduced your means to make an honest living. <laughs> <laughs> well, what other comments do you want to share? Watch it burn. Go ahead. When it when it when it comes to the state's role in the coronavirus, right? I'm sure, like I live in one of the. Uh, if you've been paying attention to this, you probably understand. I live in one of the states that took uh, some of the hardest crackdowns early on on COVID nineteen. Governor Mike DeWine has been absolutely ludicrous in his, you know, overstepping his bounds. Now, that's not to say I don't think it's a smart idea to. Uh, that, that's not saying I think it's a dumb idea to socially distance or to you know wear a mask in public to stop spreading the virus i think it's a very good idea you stop other people from getting sick but the fact of the matter is the governor is greatly overstepping his bounds as far as this goes and um you know he has caused a lot of people to lose their jobs now honestly some of these jobs i would say you could probably do without for a little while if you don't want to worsen a pandemic but he overstepped his bounds and what's worse is the state then started promising people oh it's okay we'll just give you unemployment but there are people that filed um in late march and still haven't received a dime Mm -hmm. because the state is so inefficient with how they're handling this i mean well the state's inefficient with how they handle everything it's just now people get to find out how bad they are well yeah and it's really it bothers me in a way that people see that you know when they get hit in the pocketbook, when it directly affects them, that's when they start to see how the state how the state mishandles everything. But the problem is, even though the state's going to screw this crap up, they're just going to they're not going to like come to the conclusion that the state is bad or that the state is inherently inefficient. They're just going to blame. Got to give them more money. Thank you for the call tonight. Uh, they're just going to blame the current state. Oh well, if we would have just elected my governor, then everything would have won. Just been great with uh, the you know unemployment situation which is of course nonsense but a lot of people will think that it's free talk live you're invited if you want to join us here toll free number 855 450 free like freedom that's 855-450-3733 want to say thank you to roscoe s who is a free talk live silver amplifier that means Roscoe is contributing five bucks a month to the Free Talk Live AMP program. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. It's a way for you to help us get on more radio stations around the United States, bring new internet listeners on board globally, and expose new people to the ideas of freedom. So if that sounds like it's worth the price of a fancy cup of coffee or a hamburger, 
uh, to you every month, and you can help us out. And you'll get some cool perks as well, some bennies. Uh, if you join the Free Talk Live AMP program at ampamp.freetalklive.com, you can use, by the way, a credit card, you can use PayPal, you can use Bitcoin BTC to get signed up for AMP. And that, once again, is over at ampamp.freetalklive.com. We can talk more about the meatpacking mandates coming down from uh, the Trump and the federal government that some meat workers are saying, they're not going to show up. You can't make me, uh, is what they're saying. And we'll see how it comes down, uh, what happens. But let's go to your calls and thoughts here first. Gene, the Christian anarchist, is on our Discord server. Go ahead, Gene. Hey, yeah, about 16 years ago, I started down a path that I didn't know I'd ever take in my life, and that is uh, my wife graduated medical school, and rather than her take a job somewhere, we decided to open a clinic. So Mm -hmm. for 16 years, I've been running a clinic, and I've learned something about the Food and Drug Administration that I want to tell people. Tell me about it. And that is the Food and Drug Administration is dealing with the drug companies to effectively make cheap and effective drugs illegal in this country. Now, what Mm -hmm. they're doing currently with COVID-19, this hydroxychloroquine, is very, very effective at treating COVID-19. We have now 10 patients. My wife has prescribed hydroxychloroquine on all of them. Mm. They're all doing excellent. You you mean 10 Um, patients with COVID specifically, is what you're saying? It's yes. It's like they're suffering some sort of a Manchusen by proxy on massive scale. They're just, they're deliberately making us sick so the government can make money off it. But the thing is, uh, there's something called off-label prescribing. So doctors are able to prescribe a drug for you, even Mm. though it may be uh, um, shown to be prescribed for some other use. In Mm. other words, hydroxychloroquine right now is used widely for things like... um, Malaria, right? Malaria is one of them, but otherwise there's lupus and rheumatoid arthritis. Mm -hmm. This is a very common drug, and people all over this country are using it right now, today, for Mm. those conditions, and they're doing just fine. The side effect that they're trying to scare everybody of is called arrhythmia. Arrhythmia means mm-hmm. you're going to have a different, you know, your your heart rate will change. Mm-hmm. Well, if you look at almost any drug prescribed in this country right now, you will find under the conditions, un- under the side effects, you will find arrhythmia, almost all of them. And so what they're doing is they're taking the very, 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 very tiny chance that you might have arrhythmia and saying, oh, my God, you can't use this drug for COVID-19 because Mm. you might get arrhythmia and die. Well, the chances of that are Mm. so tiny and the benefits are so great that it absolutely Mm. makes no sense. So you're saying the thing is there's no patent on that drug, and that makes all the world – all the difference in the world why did they fight against marijuana cocaine heroin why didn't they just sell them to people well the reason is because they can't make a killing off it because it's not patentable Mm -hmm. it's old medicine cheap and effective drugs are being driven are being Mm -hmm. basically made illegal so that the drug companies can prescribe their very expensive unique drugs that Basically, a lot of these drugs that they're introducing are almost exactly the same as Mm -hmm. the generic ones, and they use the exact same mechanism 
but they change it just a little bit so they can claim that this is their patent. Mm. And then they force the, they, they deal with the uh, government to make it illegal to buy the other drugs mm-hmm. that are being widely used in Africa and Mexico and in Asia. But we can't get them mm-hmm. here because the FDA says you can't. Now, you could, See, if you that's... have some of these conditions, you can fly to yeah. Mexico, get your drugs, and then come back. And a lot of people are starting to do that now. They're wising up. That's part of the beauty of, of the dark web is that... Like, I can now get ADD medication without having to go and pay a doctor, without having to... I mean, I used to pay my doctor 150 bucks a month to tell me that I still needed Ritalin. I knew I still <laughs> needed Ritalin, um, you know, but basically I was paying him protection money. Mm-hmm. And because I didn't, uh, because I was paying him protection money, the government didn't come and get me. Now, in theory, you're saying you could get that medication on the dark web, not that you are doing that. Um, there would probably be some sort of criminal penalty. Well, maybe penalty I'm if... treating it with marijuana, mm-hmm. but maybe right. I'm not. Okay. Right, right, right. Okay, but what's currently uh, happening right now is currently my wife is getting all kinds of notices from the FDA cautioning against the use of hydroxychloroquine for COVID-19. Really? Now, we know that it works. Even though it's they're... legal, it's the product itself is legal to use. And as you pointed out earlier, Gene, you said mm-hmm. it was legal for a doctor to prescribe a, what was it, off-label off, use? Off-label. Off-label so... prescribing has always been mm-hmm. legal, but the FDA is sending out these notifications trying to scare doctors wow. into not mm-hmm. prescribing Why this. do you think that is? Because, because the drug monsters. companies don't be like patented. it. I'm sorry, but you both talked yeah, at the same time. Say the again, drug Jim. companies don't want it out there because it's cheap and effective. It's not patentable. It's a generic drug. Even though the drug companies the dr- themselves don't actually have anything specifically to address this. Yes. And currently, uh, yeah, there's nothing But they want to develop something effective. new and expensive that mm-hmm. gets 18 years of they get to rape people for. Well, isn't there also something? So, don't you think there's also the factor if the FDA is saying, hey, doctors, don't prescribe this thing that appears mm-hmm. to be working to help people. And there's nothing else that you could prescribe. This is the thing you could prescribe, but we don't want you to do mm-hmm. that. Doesn't that suggest that they want more people to die to make this look like even a worse situation than it you know, supposedly is? Yeah, that could be. But let me let me advise in the blood. Let me advise people what they do if they go to their doctor and the doctor says, well, I can give you this drug. It's off label. It's not for this. But but we have found that it's been working well for some patients. If your doctor says that and then they have to also because the FDA now is cautioning about arrhythmia, they will have to caution you about arrhythmia. Mm -hmm. If your Mm -hmm. doctor cautions you about arrhythmia for a drug that they say is effective, Look at the statistics before you turn turn that drug down, because it's really going to be a very small amount of people that are going to get arrhythmia and the benefits outweigh the risk. And that's what hmm. people need to look at. Thanks for your expertise. The medical Gene. establishment is does not have our best interests at, at heart. Right. Which is you why know? they shouldn't be trusted. There are people in it who do. But when you think about it. Imagine how cold you would have to be to put these rules above people's lives. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 really time for medical people to break away from from the establishment. But that's what and, makes them money. Yeah. 
it's it's true. You know, if if there were a couple of non-establishment medical schools out there, mm. it would be wonderful. The the well, Hippocratic a Oath even back in the day carried carried a thing saying you, you won't teach uh, anyone to to practice medicine uh, except your children and the children of other physicians so they were always from the very beginning that tradition of mon- of medicine was about keeping the knowledge in house yeah. keeping it occult right uh, and it still is a uh, a, a limited Mm-hmm. entrance club today meaning yeah. that you have to get jump through all the hoops that the ama prescribes for people to become doctors and if they mm-hmm. allow you to become a doctor because they may say well we don't need any more doctors as though they know from some sort of centralized uh, command and control situation mm-hmm. how many doctors is the right and number. they did that in both the 80s and the 90s and governments forced medical schools to cut back on their production of doctors by about 17%. And as a reason, that's why medical care is so expensive now. That and the stranglehold of big pharma. Um, and uh, it's it's got to change. We've got to just start start ignoring that, that system. And you can get anything you need. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Are you somebody that works in the meatpacking industry? Um, How are people around you responding to this new order? came apparently two days ago by Donald Trump ordering people in the business, uh, the, the plants and such, to continue operating. What's going to happen if people don't show up? They're talking about not showing up. Uh, will, will that mean that you know there's going to be a big hiring uh, thing within the industry, or how do you think it's going to all play out? You're welcome to join us here, and hour number three is next, 855-450. The next generation wallet is coming from Divi. In just a few taps, you'll be able to send, earn, spend, and exchange digital money in seconds. Send money around the globe with only a swipe. Instantly exchange between Divi, Bitcoin, and Fiat right in the mobile app and withdraw directly to your bank account. Divi already offers the first one-tap solution for earning passive income with crypto. Multi-tiered masternodes allow everyone to partake in the network. Visit DiviProject.org. DiviProject.org. Free Talk Live, we're launching into the third hour. Plenty of time for you to join us on the radio. You can take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever's on your mind. Our number is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. Tonight, it's Ian here. And nobody. We're going to go to your phone calls and thoughts. You can also call us on the Discord server. What is Discord? It is an application. We don't own it. They're not an advertiser. Um, it is centralized, so you know it's not decentralized. They run by some corporation, but they do a pretty good job of giving people a chat server that they can have multiple chat rooms. They can use uh, voice chat. They can use text chat. And actually, I just saw that apparently there's now a video option uh, with Discord because you know everybody's mm-hmm. a lot of people are being forced to stay at home. So many business meetings and family mm-hmm. gatherings are now happening over video. So apparently Discord's getting into that game now, too. Yeah, big tech is making a killing off COVID. Well, I mean, what they can make, people are uh, probably not spending as much as they otherwise would because many people don't have significant income coming in. Now, while some people are collecting Mm -hmm. unemployment, as one of our callers pointed out earlier, 
it is not easy to get the unemployment from the state because they're deluged with you know a ton of applications and of course Mm -hmm. they're the state so they suck at everything they do and so they're not moving fast through those applications so i heard that in florida the website's been crashing uh where people have been trying to apply for this so for some people their full-time job is now trying to get unemployment wow that's what i've heard so, wow, that's awful. Let's talk uh, to you with your calls and thoughts. But if you want to join our Discord server, download the Discord app. It's available, what's called cross-platform, meaning for your smartphone, meaning for your laptop, whatever operating system that you're using. Uh, there's a Discord likely for you. You download the app, you create an account, and then go in your web browser and type in discord.lrn.fm or discord.freetalklive.com. Either one of those works, and that'll give you the... Uh, It'll just jump you right into our chat server in your Discord app, which is where our next caller is waiting. Because when you call on Discord, you sound almost like you're sitting here in the studio with us. we got uh, four call-in lines right there at the top of the uh, the list of chat rooms that we have. And we have GoPal, Agorist, or Die is on the line in California on Discord. Go ahead. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hi there. Should we call you GoPal for short, or do we have to say the whole thing? Oh, it's like uh, Gopal is how you pronounce it. Like, Gopal. Like Paul. Yeah, there you go. Uh, okay. Like Paul McCartney. <laughs> Very good. So what's on the your mind tonight, Gopal? Ganger himself. Paul. <laughs> no, like so many other people out here stuck in the machine, I have aspirations. You know, I have agorist in my tag here in my handle, mm-hmm. but I am a corporate pawn, you know, right now, just keeping my head down and going to my Uncle Sam job, you know, but at least I have mm-hmm. plans of moving... You know, at least I know what the Free State Project is, and I have my plan to move to New Hampshire. You know, I've been uh, a vendor at Agorist Alley once, oh, wow. but I just wanted to—I just wanted to chime in from a, a yogic perspective, who would just mm-hmm. caution against. Uh, so, and and no means am I strict in this, or or any perfect preacher of of any or any sense. All I just wanted to say was, um, from a Eastern philosophy they would they would caution against eating meat and voting in general because these things are just wastes of time and not uh, considered to be in the mode of goodness Hmm. well i don't know i mean if more than half of the people were coming out and voting for (laughs) uh for ron paul that would send a very powerful message I met Ron Paul in 2008 when he had his gathering in D.C. Yeah. I have, a, have his uh, signed flag in my room here. It's mm. a pretty lit day. You know, uh, nobody, did you hear the news that Justin Amash is now thrown in his hat into the Libertarian Party presidential? Oh, he's made it official? Yeah. Interesting. It happened yesterday. See, oh, I, yeah, yeah, I've heard about he's him. definitely not Motley Caucus uh, material, but... Uh, but I mean, I like I like Amash. He's got a uh, you know, it's it's inter- it would be interesting to see if we go Amash or Vermin. Yeah, I'm I'm still for Vermin. Go Vermin Supreme all the way. So, Gopal, what else did you want to say today? By the way, how would you describe what an agorist is? An agorist is just somebody that does um, uh, consensual profits. Not all profits are bad. It's consensual, voluntary profits without any. Um, uh, uh, taxation from the state mm-hmm. without any connection to the state. So are you doing agorism? Do you have a side hustle? I do have some agorisms, agorist activities that I do that I don't 
feel like I'm at liberty to just give out on the radio. You know? Okay. Like, yeah. Make makes sense. Makes fair sense. enough. I do, I, and I've always had those, and um, I've always done them in a peaceful way. Cool. Anything else you want to share tonight? Uh, well, I just wish I could see you guys out there at Porkfest this time. You know, it might be a little bit. I don't know I if my, uh, uh, Free Talk Live is going to be at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. We haven't been there for a few years, uh, several oh, years. Oh, out of town. Why is that? But we're going to be at ForkFest, which is the uh, decentralized alternative festival that is going to be happening June 29th until July 5th. And that is going to be the place where lots of the cool folks are going to be hanging out because there's no one who's in charge. If you like agorism, then this is truly the agorist festival because you don't have to ask any permission uh, to set up shop. Yeah, pork there's. Fest. Well, I didn't know. I didn't know pork fest was uncool at this. Point. Oh, it's not. I <laughs> mean, I go fine. up. I stay for both weeks. We have it on on adjacent weeks, and I enjoy both experiences. It's just. Porkfest feels a little more minarchist, and Forkfest feels a little more anarchist. The Porcupine Freedom Festival is That's more, fair. it's centrally planned. I mean, they uh, they have this thing, you mentioned it, it's Agra Alley, which came about right. on its own it, volition. It kind of was created naturally. And uh, are you taking a toke there? Uh, just curious, I hear noises. <laughs> is that you? Sorry, I can see nobody vaping on the Discord. Yeah, well, yours the, is uh, way Twitch. louder. Yours is way louder <laughs> than his. So, uh, yeah, you're sorry, ripping it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> what happened at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, unfortunately, was this thing called Agra Valley or Alley or whatever it was called um, came about naturally because that's where people were setting up shop because it was kind of like the path where everybody was walking down to get to the pavilion where all the the, the events were happening. And so it became this sort of desirable real estate and people would, you know, the, they'd sign up for that real estate a year in advance. As soon as mm-hmm. the Porcupine Freedom Festival was over, they would lock in their campsite for next year because it was really good real estate. And eventually the Free State right. Project organizers got the idea of, well, we should monetize this. And so they went ahead and they bought up all of that real estate and then resold uh-huh. it to the people that wanted to vend there. And then they came with a bunch of rules and that came with higher prices year after year. Wow. The rules increased. The uh, the benefits decreased. So it, like it used to be that you'd get wow. like four passes to the event. Then they cut that down to two passes. Then I think they cut it again or something like that. And wow. so, so it really turned off a lot of people. And I actually had the pleasure of attending the Porcupine Freedom Festival in 2019 for the first time in several years. And I enjoyed it. You know, it was still a good event. It's just mm-hmm. that they hadn't learned their lesson. The organizers hadn't figured out that they should just let this thing go. Mm. And the marketplace actually punished them for it. Because not mm. only has the Porcupine Freedom Festival had a tough time getting as many attendees as it did, say, six or seven years ago, but also. The vendors evacuated from uh, Agra Valley this time. There were there wow. was almost no. I've heard it called both. Uh, Agra. I called it Agra Valley, and someone correct, or I called it Agra Alley, and someone corrected me to Valley, and it's been corrected <laughs> both ways. But either way, that place. The Grateful Dead shows we call it Shakedown Street. Yeah, but in this case, That's it was right. it was That's empty. Right. <laughs> okay, but in this case, it was empty. There were yeah. literally two vendors. Wow. That There's showed nothing up. shaking on Shakedown Street. Not last Used year. Used to be the heart of town. Yeah, heart of town. Yeah. Don't, Don't tell me this town ain't, this got, town no ain't heart. got no heart. <laughs> Just got to <laughs> poke around. <laughs> so it didn't work. No, no one was buying these yeah. spaces. And what the marketplace did was they created their own alley. They created something called Where It's At. Which was mm-hmm. a few, a uh, few of the uh, the streets down, so like these little streets with the RV park area, mm-hmm. and so a few streets down, which was out of the Agra Valley. 
then they yeah. had this big area where all the vendors were set up. They didn't have to pay any extra. They just rented the campsite and set up. Because they can't uh, control oh, yeah. the idea of people gathering together and trading. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot older than any organization we're involved in. So, yeah, unfortunately, the Porcupine Freedom Festival it sort of lost its way yeah. a little bit over all the years. But that's one of the reasons why ForkFest came about three years ago. And this will be the fourth year for ForkFest. You can go to ForkFest.party. That's F-O-R-K, fork, like forking off from ForkFest.party, June 29th through July 5th. Register now. Hopefully we'll see you there. And thanks for the call. Free Talk Live. You can join us. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. We have the Discord call-in line rooms. They're over at discord.lrn.fm. And with you in the studio tonight, you've got Ian. And nobody. So I've got a story here, nobody, that the just the headline alone is just just screams pathetic. It's written by three authors. So they, it took three different reporters to put this story together. Sometimes it takes a lot of blind mice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Carla Johnson, Adam Geller, and Eric Olson at the Associated Press. Headline, easing lockdowns makes day-to-day choices more complicated. Duh. <laughs> yeah you have choices right now you've got more choices when the lockdowns ease and mm-hmm. they're complaining about that yeah well i'll tell you what if you don't if you don't want to make choices pick some just pick somebody and follow whatever they do you know sure there are people it doesn't who tell have you what to, to do. be me probably not i'm not i should not be your role model right Okay, so don't worry about what I'm doing. Just find somebody to tell you to tell you what to do. There are people out there that would love to tell you what to do. Yeah. I mean, many of if them are pretty, already. I might tell you what to do. Yeah, but... many of them are already in politics. Um, so here's the story: things were so much clearer. And this is purportedly news from the AP, right? Uh, it, it reads like an opinion piece, though. Now with states, or excuse me, things were so. All much... the news reads like opinion yeah. pieces today. Things were so much clearer when just about everything was locked down. Now, with states lifting coronavirus restrictions piecemeal and by often arbitrary timetables, well, it was also arbitrary how they shut it down, uh, Americans are facing bewildering decisions about what they should and should not do to protect their health, their livelihoods, and their neighbors. My God, it's just like how things were when they had to make decisions before. You know, two months ago. When they were free. Ish. Er. Yeah, exactly. Uh, is it is it safe to join the crowds at the beach or eat at a restaurant? To visit the elderly parents you haven't seen in nearly two months? Is there no risk in hiding in your house? Have you no fear of stagnation, of boredom, of missing the opportunities that you might have had? How about the you fear know? of slipping in the bathtub? I mean, most accidents happen at home anyway. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Uh, to reopen a struggling business. In many cases, the less than satisfying answer from the experts is, it depends. Josh Santaripa, a microbiology expert at the University of Nebraska Medical Center who's studying coronavirus, says, quote, There will never be a perfect amount of protection. It's a personal risk assessment. Everybody has to decide, person by person, what risk they're willing to tolerate. Well, I wish somebody would have listened to this guy two months ago, Hmm. because that's the way life has always been. 
where you have mm-hmm. to decide how much risk you want to take. And for those that don't want to take much risk, they're mm-hmm. going to have a relatively boring, uneventful life. Yeah, because they'll be hiding in the house by themselves. <laughs> right. That's no place to be. If Maybe right. you want to fall in love or at least get laid someday. You know, or, or like they said, go visit your elderly grandparents that might be mm-hmm. in a home or something like that. Or maybe what? Well, maybe one of them is actually in the hospital dying because you can't do that. You can't go to the hospital and visit somebody now because of this ridiculous. It's because uh, they're dancing stuff. in the hallways of the hospitals. Um, you yeah, know, making videos. Yeah, they. I uh, apparently they've even. Uh, I've never heard of an epidemic. Where all the doctors and nurses went on vacation because there was nothing for them to do. Um, You know, they're all geared up for the pandemic that never came. Right. That's because, in my opinion, this isn't an epidemic. I mean, it it is an epidemic in the same sense that there's a flu epidemic every year. Mm -hmm. And it's probably bad as... Uh, in in comparison with flu epidemics, but the numbers aren't that bad, and and it's the it's yeah. going to be a disaster, you know, if if all of these businesses shut down, run out of money, and just don't exist anymore. That's a lot of people who don't have a livelihood anymore. And is the government going to take care of them? No. The well, government's yeah. going to give them $1,200 and then stick them with an $8,000 bill. Well, the government's the real epidemic because they are actually affecting people's lives in a huge way. I mean, Though they kill a lot of people. I mean, it's hard to really... It's hard. I, mean, I understand people in the chat room throw a, a tissy fit, some of them, when I say this, but I don't, you know, if you don't know anybody that's died from COVID 19, then it's not really a serious problem. If you don't know anybody who's been hospitalized by COVID 19, then it's not really a serious problem. And the term pandemic suggests and, that this is a problem, okay? It's thrown out there as though this is a huge issue, and it really doesn't seem to be that much of a problem. Yeah, I mean, Facebook should be awash in memorials if there was a serious, um, uh, if if there was a, a, a real epidemic going yeah. on, and and all I'm seeing, I, I'm seeing all kinds of people talk about the epidemic, but not. not nobody's saying that they're getting sick. Nobody's saying that their friends are getting sick in great numbers. People will know like one person who who got sick uh, from it, but yeah. that's I mean it's but it's not bring out your dead, bring <laughs> right. out your dead. You know yeah. this is not the black plague we're dealing with here. Um, it's it's right. Let's call the cold. Let's call the common cold a pandemic. You know, it's one that's it eminently, is very widespread. Right. It's eminently survivable. Um, mm-hmm. So nobody calls it a pandemic because it's not as scary, right? Like, to, no one's afraid of the common cold for the most part. Mm-hmm. It's very unlikely that you're going to perish from the common cold. But it sure as hell is widespread every single year. So yeah. it meets the definition of pandemic. And arguably, if this thing is as widespread as some are saying, some are saying the numbers are much larger of the people that actually have this compared to what the government uh, has tested, in which case it may meet the definition of pandemic, but it's not a deadly one. It's it's the most infectious case of Manchowson by proxy that that has ever been conceived by the by the 
by the minds of men. And Munchausen by proxy, Munchausen syndrome is where you harm yourself mm-hmm. in order to get attention because you're sick oh, or okay. you're hurt. Okay. Munchausen by proxy is when you harm someone else to get attention. <laughs> and that seems to be what the government is going on. It's make everybody sick in their freaking head. And it's then profiting from that disease because that focuses all attention on the government because suddenly they're the only game in town. They're the only people doing anything. So the article at the AP continues on talking about the death tolls and and then gets back into the the question of what do you do? How do you make choices? Jill Faust of Council Bluffs, Iowa, said she would hesitate to eat at an indoor restaurant when such businesses are allowed to reopen in her community on Friday. Hesitate away, baby. We'll we'll enjoy the the lack of crowds. Quote, we would have have to know ahead of time what precautions they're taking, she said, citing the way some restaurants may rely on limited seating, well-spaced tables, masks for employees, and disposable cups and plates even then she said it might not be worth the trouble i hope there will be some that are depending on common sense i hope so too 855 i hope they have the freedom to choose how to reopen and i don't know if they will well you always have the freedom if you take it do you want more businesses accepting bitcoin cash and dash now with any pay you earn passive income for every purchase at those businesses finally a financial incentive to spread bitcoin cash and dash you made it happen so you get the rewards. Download the AnyPay Cash Register app and add your cryptocurrency wallet addresses. Then install it at a real-life business and tell us what you did at AnyPayInc.com. AnyPayInc.com. It's Free Talk Live, and you're invited if you want to join us on the radio. Our toll-free number is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. We have the Discord call-in line rooms at discord.lrn.fm. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And nobody. Check out nobody on his website, electnobody.com. The campaign has yet to officially begin because you can't file in New Hampshire until, I think, the first week or so in June. But it's coming up, so we're just over a month away from you becoming an official candidate for governor once you uh, file the $100 filing fee, because that's all it takes to run Mm -hmm. as a Republican or Democrat here in New Hampshire. We're still not sure what's going to happen with the Libertarian Party in New Hampshire. Uh, Libertarian Party across the United States is going to have a very difficult 2020 campaign, regardless of who it is, whether it's Vermin Supreme, Adam Kokesh, or now Justin Amash, who ends up getting the nomination. There are more candidates than three, but those are I mean, Justin Amash is uh he's uh justin amash has the political clout to actually get on the t- on on tv i think sure but can he and, get on the ballot that's the problem that the libertarian party is going to face this year it's going to be harder than it's ever been for them to collect petition signatures right because people aren't leaving their homes so normally right. you would go to a busy place and get petition signatures but you can't now. So. Well, and interestingly enough, it's the government, which is exclusively run by the major right. parties, which has passed contradictory laws that require us, in exchange for our franchise, to do things that other laws forbid us to do. 
So, you know, it seems like that's their problem and they should eat it and put it on, put us on the ballot. Well, there are going to be lawsuits and I believe some suits have already been filed about this. Some states sensing that have gone ahead and waived the ballot mm. requirements. So I'm told Daryl Perry told me that uh, Vermont has waived its ballot access requirements for third parties. But in other states, they're going to have to sue mm. and it's going to be more expensive um, in order to overturn some of this stuff, and we'll see how it goes. But for uh, for nobody's campaign, it'll be relatively easy to get you on the ballot. So check out electnobody.com for uh, the latest from the Elect Nobody campaign for governor here in New Hampshire. Let's go to Mike. He's in Gold Bar, Washington. And then we'll talk more about these little scared chicken littles who are freaking out about having to make decisions again now that they might be allowed to go out of their houses uh, into the open-air prison. Go ahead, Mike. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, you guys. How are you doing? Nobody. I just wanted to real quickly. I got two things. One is the VA hospital and how I'm very becoming less and less proud of being a vet. Hmm. Um, but uh, my friend, his name was Glenn Boot. When uh, they regulated uh, gambling in Nebraska, he was the mayor of Memphis, Nebraska. And he took his uh, he was a bookie and he took it underground and he got busted. And he told me for years that he was going to run against the governor. I think this is 2000, the same year that Barack Obama got elected. Anyway, he wound up getting on the ballot to run against the governor of Nebraska, but because he had a felony, I, I don't know the whole details, but I, he called me up just drunk as a skunk to, to go online to see that he got on the ballot. And I wondered if you had any felonies and if you were kind of doing the same thing my friend did, or you know, if it's different for you. Uh, I'm... I'm sorry, I've lost the thread of... I couldn't quite make out what you were saying there. You kind of lost some oh. of the, your packets toward the end of uh, what you were saying. Something about felonies and okay. ballot okay. access? Well, my friend had got busted in Nebraska for being... He was a bookie, and they deregulated gambling, mm-hmm. and he got arrested because he was still being a bookie. Okay. He was also the mayor of Memphis, Nebraska. His name was Glenn Boot. But he wound up getting on the ballot in 07... Uh, to run against that was his In life dream was, was to run against deregulation. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't know. I just know that gambling was legal in Nebraska at one time. He was a horse guy, and then it was not legal, but he kept doing it and got arrested. Oh, I thought you said they deregulated. For... It sounds like regulation they did, they, to they, me. Well, yeah, if they deregulate, they, that they, means removing regulations. Uh, anyway, okay, I can tell so you from so experience got, I, when they when when they're putting you in prison, they mean to regulate you is what they is what they mean to do. Well, that's true, and I realize that now. The VA hospital. So I'm an amputee, a diabetic, and it's all my own fault because I was a huge, overweight, unfit person, mm. and this is what happened. So I have to accept that. But like a month and a half ago, I had this terrible terrible infection in one of my three remaining toes on my only remaining foot. And all these people that are on vacation because of this epidemic are actually going to probably cost me my other foot because after trying their antibiotics that didn't actually work, they've like disowned me. And today I got a call from an outside source that makes shoes for the VA subcontractor saying, oh, you have an appointment with us in three weeks. So now the toe's like rotten and... Uh, knowing what I know from losing seven other toes, this toe and probably the other two are gone and it could actually be a foot and it's all because of this epidemic. There's nobody at the hospital and the hospital's empty. So a lot of people with these doctors and nurses that are just kind of, 
Right, and they're and you know that's probably true. I'm starting to think and that that's what's going to happen to me someday. Well, if it just saves one life, I mean, you got to lose a toe Boy, no or kidding, three or a foot, but you know, you you might have saved one life. You're supposed to feel good about that, according to our masters. Right. So I'm just starting to see you're right about these people. That the hospitals. If it empty, saves just seven toes. There. <laughs> it's worth going yeah. back to work. <laughs> anyway, I'll keep God, you posted. I'm sorry so if sorry I to you up on the Nebraska story. Yeah, I'm so sorry wow. to hear about that, Mike. Right. Thanks for the call. Good well, luck, it's man. Gonna be, you know, it's going to be fine. Uh, unfortunately, if you lose a limb and you're diabetic, you are going to lose the other limb. It's a matter of time, but they've kind of like sped that process up is what's happened. Thank so, you for the call we'll tonight. I appreciate it. Good luck, man. Sorry wow. that's happening to you, bro. Wow. This is going to pieces. <laughs> Let's continue here. <laughs> Oh, this will be good. James in Phoenix, Arizona. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. If corona, if corona confirmation bias virus is nothing but a mass murder committed by land choosing, by proxy, by government, yeah. which government would that be, Minister Freeman? Since Rich Nobody Paul. Yeah, I don't know. He doesn't want to talk to you, so I guess that's the end of that call. 855-450-FREE. He was asking you questions. I can't answer them, so we're moving on. 855-450-3733. So, Jill Faust in Council Bluffs, Iowa, according to the AP story, about people freaking out because now they have to make decisions again in their lives. They're no longer being kept completely in their homes. Now they have to choose whether or not they want to stay in their homes, according to this. I mean, people go to work fishing for lobsters. You know, that's mm-hmm. like the most professional or most dangerous profession in the world. I, I is, thought it was roofing. Um, no, Alaskan crab boats and, huh. and lobster boats, actually. Okay. Because, you know, you go in the water, you're a goner in Alaska. Sure. You know, that's not a good place to fall overboard. Uh, but what you're saying is people make risky decisions yeah. regularly. It's also yeah. a highly risky thing simply to drive to work. Even if you yeah. have the safest job in the world, it is yeah. incredibly risky just to try to get there. Being being a soldier is risky. You know, yep. Being a gangster is risky. There's lots of risky things that people do for money. That's the way of the world. Uh, according to the story here, Savannah Mayor Van Johnson said people could find the changes perplexing. Quote, in reality, we're... I think we'll understand, <laughs> sweetheart. In reality, we're under a stay-at-home order until April 30th. Yet you can go get your nails done. You can go get a tattoo. You can go to movie theaters. Yeah, I'll tell you what you can go do, baby. You can Karen go to... needs to go home. Karen is drunk. You can go to bowling alleys. <laughs> it's these kind of things that leave people confused, said the mayor. Mixed messages are coming even from U.S. Congress. The House is scrambling Maybe for ways. Maybe having the whole establishment lying to us is what has has us confused. The House is scrambling for ways to for members to work from home after a revolt over convening during the pandemic and said they wouldn't return to the Capitol on Monday. The smaller Senate, however, does plan to convene. The decisions people are people make are likely to vary wildly depending on where they live and how close that puts them to known virus clusters. In Georgia, where COVID-19 is... She has a good eye. She can see a church by daylight. <laughs> ...has killed at least a thousand. Many new <laughs> cases are still being reported, but in, even in places with fewer known infections, people are facing uneasy choices. We'll talk more about it coming up here. You can share your thoughts. Uh, are you around any of these chicken littles? Is it frustrating as hell or what? 855-450-FREE. Uh, and where is normalcy the in all sky this? sky is falling. It's Free Talk Live. 
Live, you may dial toll-free here, and uh, even in these remaining moments, take control of the airwaves. 855-450-FREE is the number in the studio tonight with you. You've got Ian. And nobody. We're going to continue with more of your calls and thoughts. Just a few more pieces here from this AP uh, this exasperated article about how life is going to be more complicated outside of your house. You have to have to make choices. You uh, think? According to this. And they say in Omaha, Nebraska, uh, which is a place where there aren't very many infections at all, teachers uh, where businesses can reopen next week, teachers Michelle and Mark... Aschenbrenner said they're eager to dine out again. Mark has set up an appointment for a long-delayed haircut, though he does say, quote, I think we're four weeks too early, he says, of the plans to lift restrictions, but I think I'll probably still go because we've been stuck at home for seven weeks and we're going stir-crazy, unquote. Uh, With warmer weather enticing more people to venture out in the weeks ahead, it will be up to individuals to exercise caution. So let's, they're just stating the obvious here as though it's news. It's always kind of been up to you yeah. because the government might show up and, you know, beat you with sticks, but they're not going to help you. <laughs> right. uh, this is Mary Elizabeth Sexton, or rather, rather Mary Beth Sexton, a doctor of infectious disease specialists at Emory School in Medi- of Medicine. She says, quote, you can't swear that if somebody happens to cough on the beach chair to your left and then you have a breeze that blows that over <gasps> across you that you don't have the exposure in that way, she he says yeah the exposure see i'm not i don't care about the exposure exposure for 98.5 percent of people or or something is going to mean immunity from the thing mm-hmm. you know because that's how you get immune to viruses you get exposed you, to them you get exposed to them and some people die and that's sad right but some people die. I mean, That's every life. day some people die. Well, and that really just comes back to something that I think that, you know, I think bears repeating in that life is full of risk. And this is not any more risky than any other virus that we've experienced in our lifetimes. There have been much more dangerous diseases and viruses and such that have that have hit the, uh, the population of the world in the past. This is mm-hmm. pales in comparison to it. And nothing in in the past in our lifetimes, has ever precipitated this sort of a, a crackdown, this this mm-hmm. economic disaster uh, that has come from this. And it has been absolutely unprecedented and completely destructive of so many more lives than would have been affected by just the virus alone. I mean, the, uh, the cure is definitely worse than the disease, and it's not even a cure because all it's doing is putting off some people getting this virus. That's all. It's just it's delaying what is probably the inevitable for them. Because as soon as you're probably going to leave your house at some point, whether it's next week or 10 weeks from now, you're probably going to leave your house unless you decide you want to spend the rest of your life in between those walls. Uh, And that means the more you're out and about, the more likely you're going to encounter somebody with the coronavirus and contract it for yourself. So you're just putting off the inevitable. What was the point? Mm Hmm. Even following guidelines to maintain a six-foot distance may not be enough, says the AP. That rule's based on how far a different coronavirus, SARS, spread among airline passengers. When doctors treated more than a dozen COVID-19 patients at an Omaha hospital, researchers found genetic material from the virus at greater distances, on window ledges, cell phones, in hallways, and on toilet seats, said Santarpia. 
That doesn't mean people shouldn't go out, but they should be very deliberate in doing so, limiting visits with relatives and friends to moments that matter, said Dr. Emily Landon, who leads infection control at Chicago's medical center. Mother's Day, which is May 10th in the United States, may qualify if mom lives nearby, she said. But limit the people involved and wear masks the entire time, she says. Even if you check to make sure everyone present has been feeling well, except that there will be risk. So just the constant fear-mongering from these people, just to try to keep people in a state of fear, is just so disturbing to me. But yet that's literally the world that we're coming back into that it is not going to they keep talking about how there's a new normal that it's not going to be the way it was they're talking about having people in restaurants having wearing masks and giving out uh, disposable menus and just this whole rigmarole all of it is just for show right because even as they're, they're pointing out here they find the virus goes further than the six foot and all it's all just for show it's all to make people feel like oh well they're doing something See, they care. And it's not to say that business owners don't care. It's just that you got to take risks in order to enjoy your life. I don't understand why people think life is going to be enjoyable without risk. They don't get it. Yeah, it's it's Karens, man. It's a right. whole world of Karens. Of Karens. And That's the disease. That's yeah, the real virus. Well, the disease is that they're Karens with guns. Mm. And that's just terrifying. Not directly armed, but they've got, a, a, you know, gangs of amoral thugs that will go out and Karen you to death for them. Let's go to Dave. He's in Jackson, Michigan, listening, uh, I believe, to WKHM. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah, how you guys doing tonight? Dave, what's on your mind? Life is good. Hey, we got the Gretchen there up here in Michigan. Uh, she uh, extended a uh, stay-at-home order to the 15th of May. Mm-hmm. She's trying to get the emergency orders, which um, are uh, going to ex- expire tomorrow uh, at uh, midnight. She's trying to get those extended to May 28th. Uh, the people went up there, and uh, they were going crazy. The, uh, uh, the Senate majority, both in the House uh, and the Senate, uh, they're after her. They're uh, filing suit on her. It, it's a mess. Yeah, we covered and, that and earlier. Your phone's a little hard to understand. It's a little muffled. Uh, but we did cover it earlier in the show tonight, the massive protest uh, people, not the one with the where they were all in the streets a couple weeks ago, which was, you know, that was fine, but people weren't getting out of their cars as much two weeks ago. This time they got out of their cars, they went to the state capitol in, uh, in Michigan, and they went inside the capitol building, and they had guns, and they were, they and rightfully so, were making headlines as a result of that. Um, the state senate or whatever house they have there did vote to apparently file a lawsuit against the governor challenging her so-called executive authority so things are getting pretty interesting there in michigan dave uh it sounds like you support this oh yeah yeah and like the old the phrase said in shawshank redemption uh you gotta get busy living or get busy dying my friend great call thank you dave i appreciate hearing from you get busy living or get busy dying yep Everything is a risk. Right. Everything is always a risk. You know, you you may miss the opportunity of a lifetime because you're out getting a cheeseburger or because you stayed home mm-hmm. because somebody told you to. When your common sense is saying, 
where is the epidemic? Where, I mean, where are the bodies? Where are the grieving relatives? Where are... I mean, there where, are some dead uh, people. I mean, there are some. Yeah. But, you know, 40,000 in a nation of... I think it's 60,000 now. Is it 60? Yeah. Allegedly. It, but then again, they, but who are they counting? Twenty million people. But even the numbers the are in States. question. It's a fraction of yeah. a fraction of a percent. And that's if you accept that number and you don't yeah. realize that they're just totally ballooning up the numbers in order to scare more people into compliance and scare mm-hmm. more people into total obedience chalking mm-hmm. up deaths that probably didn't come directly from covid to mm-hmm. covid uh there's all kinds of questions around these numbers it's the most ludicrous shakedown i think that 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 I've ever seen. It's horrifying. It's shameless. It's horrifying. It is the largest expansion of authoritarianism that I've seen in my lifetime. Yeah. It's worse than 9-11. It's well, way worse. Basically, whenever they cause a depression, okay, the their banker friends have a chance to get rid of all that cash mm-hmm. by buying up all of your goods, including your real estate, when you end up homeless. You know? That's what they did in the housing crash. Um, you know, and, and that's what they're, what, what they're going to do again, because they've put so many people out of work that there is, there has to be a wave of homelessness on top of that, unless they're going to stop protecting, uh, uh, collecting property tax. All right, so uh, there's you know obviously lots more to talk about here, but we're not going to have time to get in any more tonight. We've got more coming up tomorrow. The Mariana's edition of Free Talk Live is mm-hmm. tomorrow. Are we going to do an after show tomorrow night? Uh, yeah. Okay, so 10.30 Eastern Time. You can join us on our DLive at dlive.lrn.fm and twitch.lrn.fm. Those are our video channels mm-hmm. because uh, we'll be doing that at 10.30 Eastern. Free Talk Live will be on from 7 to 10. But it will be live from the Mariana Islands where Vin Armani is coming back. He's on the air back again with us on Free Talk Live, except he's now in the Mariana Islands. And he's going to talk about being in a FEMA camp with his family for two weeks as they locked him up against the... Hi, it's Derek J. from Free Talk Live and AnyPay. I'm bringing you an interview with Ivan from Handcash. He's out in Spain making the world's best BSV wallet. It's actually a wallet I can recommend using. Handcash.io is their website, and it works really well with AnyPay because of a new integration using an existing feature in Bitcoin that has really been latent for all these years. Uh, BitPay used it for a while, as I learned in this interview, um, but a lot of people didn't like it. The experience wasn't good, and so Yvonne and Steven have been working together as well as other people at Handcash to make the user experience when you use Bitcoin at a business better than any other experience, better than credit cards, better than handing over cash, uh, because it's digital cash and it's programmable money. It's Bitcoin the way it was meant to be. And so if you're someone who loves Bitcoin and loves freedom, then you're really going to love this AnyPay update. Have a listen. We implemented a protocol for making payments really efficient and simple with hand cash when you pay at AnyPay. Let me put some context to this, okay? AnyPay is an app where you can accept Bitcoin easily at your business. It's mostly for small businesses to want to accept Bitcoin to do that. And we've been using AnyPay here in Portsmouth, New Hampshire for a while to go to the salad store and and buy juices and croissants and stuff like that. 
Um, and so we've had a great experience using hand cash to pay, but now it's even better. And, and why is that? What, what's different about the way you pay with hand cash now, Yvonne? Well, uh, what changed until uh, recently is that now we've built like direct bridge, right? Uh, AnyPay is talking directly with hand cash and transactions are not going through miners network first, right? So first that's like, we technically we, we implemented a BIP70 idea from, from, from a few years ago, but, but, but what that really means is like we talk to each other, transaction is giving directly to the receiver. Uh, and on that communication, a lot of extra things can be attached like metadata that is being displayed in the wallet. Uh, also the speed is massively improved. And on top of it, uh, this scales much, much better, right? Because any pace part, when it's getting the transaction, doesn't really need a full node, doesn't need nothing. It gets a transaction, it can verify it, and just proxy the, the exact, exact outputs to the stores, right? To the owner, to their wallets. So it's a massive simplification in, in technical sense but also massive improvement in user experience because it's much faster and, and it can be, even from here on, massively more improved. What I love about it from the user's perspective is now AnyPay is talking to HandCash and we can communicate all kinds of things, such as um, like what kind of pictures and information do we want to display? If I can understand what's actually happening, you're talking about it being more peer-to-peer -peer than... Bitcoin typically is. Uh, typically, I, I sign and broadcast a transaction from my wallet, it goes out to the network, and then someone like AnyPay is listening like, oh, did that transaction happen? And then we say, oh yeah, it did, okay, we got it. Uh, but instead, this is the actual user's wallet. The customer's wallet is sending to AnyPay a, uh, a composed transaction. It's, it's ready to be broadcast, but then AnyPay is actually the one that broadcasts and says, hey world, this happened. And since AnyPay is the one broadcasting it, it's instant. It's so much faster than listening for that message. Exactly. This is exactly what's going on here. This is, if you think about it, how cash works. And, and if we look about uh, Bitcoin, white paper, if you read it, it's, it's, it says it's, bit, it's digital cash, right? And, and whenever we try to mimic cash use cases, like physically, if I would have a $10 bill, I would give it to you, right? I don't need any intermediary in this process. Right. While it's being digital, in this sense, we still need a settlement layer, like at least imagine this, like in a way, if you're collecting bills, in the end, you still go to the bank and, and put them inside, right? So, so it's something like that, right? We, we give money directly, transaction cash directly to the receiver, and he takes care that this gets to the miners network right it's not we don't use miners network as intermediary because that's not peer-to-peer -peer, uh, and it doesn't scale now is this something new or is this something that was described in the white paper if we read white paper it's obviously talking about peer-to-peer -peer cash which is exactly what we're doing right but the more direct proof is in the bitcoin client satoshi's version when he introduced it to the world had a feature which was called ip to ip where you would instead of address actually put an ip of the receiver and receiver would have to be online and he would get the transaction and then the receiver would broadcast it so it's the same uh, concept uh -huh. And it was actually implemented. The problem with this was it wasn't completely finished. It wasn't completely safe. A man in the middle attack could be executed. So some guys decided to 
to just delete it. Like it never exists. Oh no. Is this something that has been done before? Yeah, famously, BitPay made this a requirement for BTC and BCH. And a lot of people were upset because they, they probably didn't understand this peer-to-peer nature. And so a lot of wallets didn't support it. They still used a mining network as an intermediary. They eventually removed it, but it, it still is around in a lot of wallets. The reason they did that because they can talk peer-to-peer, they were able to reduce errors by nearly 100% because all errors were rejected. Right. And what a terrible experience it is when you're requesting 0.01 Bitcoin and someone sends 0.0099999. I mean, it's not, it's not the same thing. And so it's so disappointing uh, to get the wrong amount, but this can't happen. So, wow, this is an awesome update. Thanks so much, Ivan. Uh, is there anything else that you think it's important for people to know? Maybe just uh, a little emphasis on on, on, on on returning back to the roots and try to use Bitcoin as cash, right? Uh, and in its most raw form, right? Amen. That's my dream. I mean, at, at AnyPay, we're all about making Bitcoin used as money, helping Bitcoin be used as money in the real world. This is the money I want to use for my life. I don't know about you. Absolutely. It's... Totally. Um, it's it's great. Uh, it's 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 like a childish dream, right? You can program the money, right? <laughs> if you're a, if you're a developer, right? You could never do that before, basically. It's really and anyone cool. can do it. Yeah. And this makes this makes it way easier to program the money with the payment protocol. So it's going to be even easier for new developers to make something interesting and and make their idea come to life with hand cash. Thank you, Ivan. Thank you. Yeah. It was a pleasure. Are you a cryptocurrency advocate? The Crypto Tip is the ideal outreach tool to help new people discover cryptocurrency. It's a printable business card-sized tip that you can give to service providers, preferably in addition to a good cash tip. When the server scans the QR code, it'll bring up an explanation of cryptocurrency, how to install a wallet, and allow them to claim the tip. If they don't claim the crypto, you get your tip refunded to you after a time period you specify. Plus, if they do claim the tip, you get an email alert. Create as many tips as you want at CryptoTip.org. That's CryptoTip.org.